Welcome to Working Dog Radio, broadcasting the bite. One of the longtime sponsors of the show is Dogtra. Eric and I are actually both field staff guys. So uh, Dogtra has been committed for over 20 years to crafting training calls to perfect precise fit and finish and intuitive design and, account- and accountable performance. The 1900 SE collar demonstrates what they strive for, which is an ultimate dog training tool that is durable, dependable, and designed for the most demanding conditions. And I actually use this thing at the kennel. They have the new black one that has the lock and the boost feature on it as well, as well as the hands-free, which we use a ton. If you guys follow me on social media, you see that I use that during tracking. and We do that negative reinforcement trick, which is what is the collar that we're using. The other thing is the YS600. So funny fact, it stands for yo, shut up the number of times <laughs> that you won't have to say it because it works every time. So use the discount code WDR10 for 10% off any single item over 200 bucks. And of course, they also have the popper and the dropper, which I think I have five of that can I use all the time. So hit them up, dogtra.com, WDR10 for 10% off a single item over 200 bucks. All right, everybody, we are back. Working Dog Radio broadcasting the bite from HITS 2023 in uh, Phoenix, Arizona. Uh, I'm Eric Stambro from Camp Ohio. Sitting across the table from me uh, is Ted Summers from Tulsa, Oklahoma. Ted, what is going on? Uh, not a lot. Uh, for those that don't know, Phoenix is hot, yeah. like super hot. Like it's like I mean, I get I'm from Oklahoma and we deal with heat, but holy cow! You and I went and walked to get bagels this morning for breakfast at like 7 a.m. and I had to shower. <laughs> you just walked a quarter mile to get bagels. To get back, I had to warm. jump in the shower. And this hotel is super nice, but I yeah. think it used to be a casino. You really? I. Because there isn't a straight hallway in this place. This is true. Yeah, it's It's like nine right turns to get to my hotel room, and (laughs) I don't go in a circle. Like I don't understand. (laughs) I put crumbs out, man, just to find the elevator. It's a super nice hotel, though. Yeah, I'm like, it can't be further. I'm all the way in the back, like next to some trash shoot or something. How was your class this morning? Uh, It was full. We had a hundred and something people in there, and uh, yeah, it was full. We had a lot of, we had a lot of attendees and a lot of engagement. So we've done this one enough that we have it pretty much down to the second now and like i think i was at an hour and like 58 yeah Yeah. or like 57 minutes or something so yeah i mean we uh, we've gotten it down to an art now but yeah it's uh we had to pull a video out that i've been using from something because uh the guy from the michigan state police was acquitted last week so Mm um i'll be interested to see how that falls out and you teach tomorrow what are you doing uh tomorrow morning teaching uh it's called removing conflict from your training which is basically my e-collar without conflict class i just renamed it for this and revamp the uh, the PowerPoint a little bit. Still going to show some e-collar stuff because that's, you know, the tone avoidance is a big thing in there. Cool thing is there's going to be a couple guys in the class that have been through the class and are big, you know, big users of it. And uh, we had a guy come up to both of us uh, yeah. from Utah who was in my class at the, at the fun house who said it saved his career yes. the way I taught him what to do with the e-collar. So I was pretty cool with it. Yeah. Pretty cool. So typical of what we do at these um, – conferences is we love as you guys know to get six seven eight of these uh 30 minute episodes done we snag people um vendors trainers handlers anybody that we can and we get some good interesting co- uh, content we had some people reach out to us and go hey man uh, you you never have any females at the conferences on on the podcast maybe you should do an episode and so um that was a great idea so yesterday we walk in and we see our good old buddy Ken Pavlik, who's been on like episode five or some shit, yeah. eight maybe, way he back in the come day. Back on too, but yeah, yeah. And um, we see him uh, everywhere. His him and his wife uh, at all of these things. And uh, 
he volunteered her. So, uh, <laughs> which was which was smart because um, he goes, I heard you want you want females, man. I'm telling you, my wife, she did this and this forever, and so he uh, tricked her and told her he, he was taking her downstairs to give her some lunch, and, he, and we stole her, and here we are. So, with us is uh, Laura Griffith from Pacific Coast Canine. Welcome. Thank you. Happy to be here. And and I did not know that part that uh, Ken suggested that. So mm. so yeah, we'll be having a chat later. <laughs> Sorry. And I agree with you. I agree with you on the heat thing. I was born in Canada, and it's just killing me. I I think hits uh, twenty twenty five should be in Alaska if I had a choice. But <laughs> yeah. but <laughs> so Pacific Coast Canines is a very successful uh, company um, in up in you in Portland, Oregon. I mean, no, or we're Washington. we're in Washington, Washington State. Yeah. We're two hours north of Seattle. Almost right on the Canadian border. So you can on spit I-5. to Canada pretty we, close. You yeah. pretty much can. <laughs> so um, we'll get into that part, uh, like what you guys specialize in, what you're doing. But let's go back, all the way back to when um, you were up in Canada, and uh, we've have no Canadian females either. We've done females. I don't think we've had any from Canada on. I'm trying to think. I don't think we have either. Yeah. Um, but um, let's go all the way back and talk about like when you got into dogs, how that worked, what you were doing up there, and um, we'll go from there. Sure, sounds good. Um, well, I was actually, I was born in Canada, but I have dual citizenship, so Ooh, that will come fancy. into play later, yes. Um, but I started working for Canada Customs in, oh, it's going back, uh, 19, it was 1991. Um, in 1999, I'd always been interested in the canine program. I'd done some some plain clothes, you know, drug units and gang units and stuff like that, um, but always interested in canine. And they had a great reputation, their, their program, you're probably familiar with, uh, well, Andy, you know, Wyman from HITS, mm-hmm. um, Broward County used to train with, with the Canada Customs program. Oh, okay. So they used to train a bunch oh, wow. of agencies for Florida, that kind of thing. So anyway, in 1999, um, I, I got the position. I actually turned down a supervisor position to take it. Um, they kind of do a ranked list, and I ended up placing first on both. And I turned down the supervisor, and one of my chiefs said, you are destroying your career. What are you thinking? Canine will get you nowhere. It's, it's the end of your career. Hmm. Well, so I kind of laugh at that now. Yeah. But uh, anyway, so fantastic program. We did a 10-week program in Rigaud, Quebec. Um, came back to Vancouver. One of the issues, though, was your trainers are so far away. And we were kind of on our own. And there was the few handlers that were there. We all had about the same level of experience. And there's really nowhere. I mean, where do you get some help? And I try to, you know, we try to say, well, we need to go to a conference. We need to do this. We need that. Well, you just want to go and kind of screw off for the day. And I said, look, my supervisor has no canine experience. He can't help me. You know, there's, I can't go to canine 101 at the local college. So, um, you know, we ended up going to... um, um, there was a Pacific Northwest conference that was held actually in Vancouver, and it was both classroom and hands-on. And anyway, and that's where I met the infamous Ken Pavlik, mm-hmm. who that's kind of an <laughs> on, ongoing story too. But for two years, you know, he was Mr. Hey, hey, baby, yeah. you know, kind of try. And I was like... He does that to me too. He, yeah, right. he, does, he does it to everybody. He's like that. But I was like, no, I'm here. It's, it's hard enough. You know, interesting that you're doing the females in law enforcement. Because I said it's hard enough as a female in any kind of law enforcement to get taken seriously. And as a dog handler, I think even more so. I always said, you know what, you have to shoot five times better. You have to run your dog better. You have to to just to get taken seriously. So I'd have nothing to do with Ken at these things. So after two years, he was actually flying out. Of course, I'm working at the airport. 
And I said, well, when you know, when you fly out, maybe we can grab a coffee or something. And I found out later he called me the, the queen of the frozen north because I was giving him the cold shoulder. But anyway, so that's that's how Ken and I met. Um, so to go back, I ran my dog just for, for three and a half years, I guess. Um, I was running my dog on 9-11. Um, interesting, Vancouver Airport, um, because when everything happened in New York, um, they started diverting planes to Vancouver and to other places. And of course, we, people had cell phones, but there wasn't Wi-Fi on planes. Um, so people are getting off these planes. We're having to clear the people. Then we've got to clear the planes and the luggage. And people didn't know what was going on. Like, why are we here? What's, you know, it was, it was a pretty crazy time. I think we ended up with something like 50 747s coming into mm. Vancouver. And, and the crazy, yeah, it was nuts. And they, of course, I had a drug dog. So I'm like, I don't have a bomb dog, but they wanted me out there running my dog on stuff, mainly to make it look good, like we're mm -hmm. doing something. So they'd offload people at the terminal. They'd uh, take the plane far out from the terminal onto the tarmac, and then we'd have to take all the luggage off or going through. And, and we had some other people, other agencies helping us. I won't, I won't name names, but prying bags open with crowbars and stuff. And at this point, we don't know, I mean, are, is something going to blow on one of these planes? So anyway, that was, that was interesting. And for probably six months after that, my agency wanted me at the jetway when people would come off planes in my traffic jacket. And if people asked me what my dog was searching for, I was supposed to say everything. Yeah. Because, huh. and this was a local policy. So it was, yeah, they just wanted to make people feel better. And I mean, I've got a drug dog. Yeah. <laughs> my dog can't right. find a bomb. What's, uh, let's so, go back real quick. Um, yeah. Everybody in these episodes likes to know about the dog. What was sure. the breed, name? I had, his name was Hunter. I had a, a ch big chocolate lab. Um, Ken always likes to say, you know, he, he's got a couple scars on his hand from, from, uh, <laughs> from that dog. I mean, but he was, he was yeah, he, yeah, he pretty much, no, you, you know, and great dog, fantastic personality. But if you got in the way of his Kong, um, you know, <laughs> yeah. then you were going to get into trouble. Um, but no, he was a fantastic dog. Um, so, um, they just stri strictly, uh, single purpose, yeah. obviously Canada customs for people that aren't familiar with it, uh, just drug detection. I think in the past they had the odd shepherd but they've gotten away from that. It's strictly labs, the odd springer, um, yeah, that kind of thing. But yeah. I, uh, usually I like to ask, so what did you not like about the dog? Now, I think I have an idea. The possessiveness <laughs> of the Kong would probably be, and the fact he would put holes in your hand. Oh, he put holes on my hand. I was, I was actually doing a demo for a, uh, a high school gal one time and she was doing a story on working dogs and of course she's filming the search and I go yeah. to reward him and he goes he goes to grab the Kong and got me just in the web of my hand and I've got blood running down my arm and I'm like oh, cut yeah, <laughs> you yeah. know one of the better ones was I uh, went one time to grab the Kong from him after I'd rewarded him on a search and I pulled the Kong kind of across my body and he goes to re-grip the Kong and he got me in my right boob. <laughs> but the best part was I went into my, I didn't have a vest on at the time. And so we wrote up a report for my supervisor and went in there and I'm dead serious. And of course I got all my guys hanging around the corner and I was like, I think we're going to need like reconstructive surgery and we're going to have to do it. And you could just see this supervisor sweating bullets. And it was like, yeah, I'm kidding, dude. That's you know <laughs> what well, we, yeah, we had fun with it, but no, he was a great dog. He was a, a super high energy dog. And and, you know, I loved working the dog, but the politics um, where I was working killed it for me. Yeah. Um, we searched people. The fact that you're at the at the airport, you know, like I go in and search 1,200 people at a time while they're in Canada. You line up before you get your bag. So you're yeah. lined up oh, at the booth to present. Okay. So you know it. Yeah. And um, so I, I'm searching people all the time. Well, I had a, a chief who decided he didn't want the dog to find marijuana. 
And of course, you know, now I think things have changed a lot, but I mean, this is in, in 2001. And so he wouldn't let me search people anymore. But once a year, I had to go into that terminal and search 1,200 people to pass a certification. And I said, you know, you can't test me on yeah. something that I'm not allowed to do. And, and searching people for people, you know, for anyone who's done it, it's a real different ball game than a searching an inanimate object, whether it's a car. Yeah, I never a box. did that. I never ran any dogs that we, trained or, or trained a dog that, we, that ran uh, people. The United States is a little different. Well, like, it's a little, but yeah. the fact the fact that you're at the border yeah. in Canada, you're subject yeah, to search. Yeah. So we do that too, but yeah, yeah they, we don't. They don't like us to because I know in Europe it's a thing. There's actually dog, got dogs in Europe that have helped solve like rapes and stuff based on oh, dog sure. alert. And yeah. then in the United States, like we. We don't, we don't sniff people like that. <laughs> the, the fun part of it was the reactions. And I mean, sometimes oh, like, yeah. you wouldn't believe some of the situation. We had a, a hit on a guy and it turned out he was on his honeymoon. They'd been married for two days and she had no idea, one, that he had coke and he had, I don't remember what all on him and had a huge long criminal record and wasn't getting into Canada anyway. But she oh, literally wow. found out when the dog hit on her and she's screaming, I'm, I'm divorcing you. And yeah, I mean, we Dude. had some... Another one was a, a gal with a, um, there was a, it was a bank, um, big bank, and they, as an incentive thing, they sent all of these executives on a trip to Vancouver. So this entire plane load is executives from this bank and family members. And this one was kind of bad. And the gal's like 16 year old son, he's got a pocket full of joints. And of course the dog hits on her mm -hmm. or hits on him in front of all of her coworkers. And I mean, so yeah, oh, working, wow. working people made for some interesting scenarios for sure. Yeah. So after 9-11, did, uh, did they shift to bomb dog focus? Like, was that no. a big, no? No, I think oh, they, weird. they finally got one later, but you know, I, I hate to say I'm in there. I love Canada, love a lot of things about it, but it was always the, we're Canadian. Everyone likes us. It won't happen here. Right. And you know, you've seen that even with, you know, a lot of other stuff in law enforcement, like, Oh, well, we, you know, for years it was, well, we don't have guns cause we're in Canada. Well, yeah, they, they have a lot. Uh, all actually. the bad guys have guns. Sorry. <laughs> you know, it's just and not everyone likes you just because you're Canadian. I tell you what, man, like your Border Patrol takes their job super seriously. Yeah. Oh, like, yeah. We were up there for an HRD uh, in October uh -huh. and uh, the, our RCMP contact and the Canadian Border Patrol guy were politely yelling at each other back and forth about me and Ray coming into the country Oh yeah, and we needed a work a permit work, yeah. and we didn't need a work permit and we should have one and no, we shouldn't. Oh, yeah. I just kind of slinked by and I was like, thanks fellas. Yeah. <laughs> they, they get very serious about that. And at the time too, with Canada customs, when I worked for them, it's now CBSA Canada border services, but uh, they were very revenue oriented more than, than law enforcement. And that was another thing. Like even when I was working in undercover unit, um, you know, we're targeting again, you know, they're smuggling people we're targeting um, You got a lot of Chinese gangs up there mm -hmm. Asian yeah. gangs um, Things like that and dope and at the same time They're wanting me to chase this little old lady because she might have a Rolex in her pocket that she didn't pay duty on because duties and taxes on things like that are like 33% yeah. and so, you know, I kind of got tired of the you know that whole thing I mean mm -hmm. alcohol and cigarettes huge taxes. I had to do two flights a day when I was working plain clothes just for that. So, you know, I working the dog was great, but there's also a real at that time anyway, was a real difference in how what they wanted us to do for as law enforcement. Yeah. And meanwhile, Vancouver and British Columbia, all of it are massive banks for organized crime. Like oh. everybody in Oregon, like huge yeah. gangs put their Basically money in Portland to Vancouver. Yeah. Oh, there was there was all dirty is, big yeah. there was we was were at a five star hotel. And they said two weeks before that, there's a restaurant across the street. There was a hit mm -hmm. right out front. And a, 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 like Indonesian gang, I think maybe. Yeah. Killed, it was a whole paid hitman thing. And I'm like, 
what the hell is happening here in the nicest part of downtown, like oh, the wealthiest huge. part? And at the time, you know, the um, we were doing a lot of stuff. Like the Hell's Angels were controlling, you know. They said uh, everything. Oh, about. everything. But they were fighting with the Vietnamese gangs. Now the big one is a lot of the Indian gangs. Like well, I'm talking, you know, um, East Indian gangs, um, not Native Indian. But uh, and a lot of the shootings up there are them taking each other out. But you know, there's a bunch of yeah. people get caught oh, yeah. in the crossfire, yeah. and it's yeah, it's so it's 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 changed a lot, and it was even prevalent then, honestly. That's crazy. All right, so let's skip forward. Your your yeah. the politics suck. You're moving on. Move to the U.S. Well, I was actually I was living in the U.S. at the time because I was well, you know driving I, back and forth. Well, the cost. I don't know if you know housing in Vancouver, but yeah, I mean, yeah. it's yeah. like the most expensive yeah, city yeah, in the world yeah, next to Oslo much and Tokyo or something. So, yeah, so I lived literally just across the border, and like I said, because of my parents, I had dual citizenship, and I which I never thought I might use for yeah. anything. And uh, so nine eleven happened. I was fed up with with the supervisor I had. And I, it just, it literally killed it for me. I hated going to work because of the politics. Love my dog, but so I applied to U.S. Customs right after 9-11. Yeah. And uh, I got, I applied both for canine and for an officer position. And I got the officer position, which honestly, later I was glad when I saw some of the dogs they were turning out at the time. Mm -hmm. They were, you know, dog aggressive pit bulls that were working around people and reassigning nine and a half year old Malinois with medical issues. And now their program's pretty good, but at the time I was kind of grateful yeah. that I didn't get it. So I worked, um, got hired there, went through Fletzy, um, and I worked at the land border for, I guess, six years. And then after six years, I applied for a position as a federal agent with Air and Marine Unit. Mm. Um, and at that time, I was one of two females um, of 300 agents um, across the U.S. And so we were driving boats out of Bellingham, yeah. which I thought would be the greatest job on the planet. And really, I mean, if you, you're familiar with some of the islands there and whatnot, I mean, unless you have air support, it's kind of a tough place to work. So it was pretty much we would drive around in boats and where we go for lunch. Yeah. And Can you tie some knots? Are you still are you pretty wicked <laughs> with some knots? Some of it, yeah. <laughs> I'll practice my bowling later. Yeah. But, uh, but, you know, it was and it was great. Like people said, oh, that must have been great. It was it was a good job, but it was boring. We arrested two people in a year and a half. Oh, and gosh. so a lot of it was, I was like, you know, I'm going nuts here. Like yeah. I just, and so, so to go back, um, when Ken and I got, got married and oh, this is a test, uh, 2003, <laughs> so it'll be 20 right. years this year. Anyway, Me too, as a matter of fact, <laughs> oh, congrats. Mm -hmm. And so, um, anyway, I was still working and, and he was working, uh, running a canine unit uh, for Canyon County Sheriff mm -hmm. in Idaho. And we did the back and forth thing. And finally it was like, okay, well, somebody's got to go one way or another. And I said, look, I moved for somebody once. I'm not doing it again. So he came out there and was, and was debating on whether to continue in law enforcement. Um, he'd been a cop for 10 years in Riverside County, 10 years in Idaho, trained a ton of dogs. And, um, but he'd always kind of wanted to start his own thing. And actually it was my dad that kind of pushed him and said, look, she's got a good job with benefits. Try it for a year. If it doesn't work then you know what, go what, what have you got right. to lose? Yeah. You know, you're still, you still got all your certifications. You can go back to being a cop. So we started, um, well, we bought our current place in 2004, um, fairly close to the border where I was working. Um, it already had a kennel and whatnot. And we started, you know, training and selling some dogs. And, uh, you know, it's, it was, for anybody who's done it, it's tough to get going. Even when Ken had a great reputation in the industry and was known, it's still tough to break into. And we didn't, you know, he'd always worked patrol dogs, but he trained a ton of floppy-eared dogs. He trained for multiple agencies. And so when we started out, um, you know, what were we going to do? Everybody was doing patrol dogs. And so we kind of fell into the floppy-eared dog market 
um, not kind of by accident. Plus, we didn't have the overhead. You know, we could source dogs locally in the U.S., that kind of thing. So um, a lot of other trainers started coming to us, you know, hey, I've, I've got a class. i got 10 pointy-ear dogs, but I need one lab. So they would come to yeah. us. So we've sold to a lot of the other big vendors, started getting, you know, selling directly to police departments. And now we've got a lot of federal contracts. Um, you know, we sell to, to TSA. We've got, um, you know, state contracts. Mm -hmm. um, Washington State Patrol we've had for years. I, I sell to Canada Customs. You know, oh, I feel a loyalty that. to them and to their big program. Circle. That's yeah. yeah. So anyway, um, but it's a, a ton of traveling and whatnot. When I was still working, you know, all my days off, you know, my nights, that kind of thing. And especially with the Air and Marine job, they wanted you to travel a lot. Um, they, you know, they wanted you to make appearances at things and to go back being one of two females, you know, they want me out there if there was like a promotional thing or whatnot, which is really not, not my forte. I'm not interested. Um, but it just became too much. I, I'm like, we can't run the business or I can't and do the business side of it and look for dogs and still maintain my job. So I took a three month leave of absence from the feds and uh two days after it i said to ken it was like a weight off my shoulders and i said i don't care if we live in a camper on the side of the road i'm not going back yeah and so we just continued to build the business and uh, now we i don't know we sell probably average 100 dogs a year and i've been doing that since like i said since 2003 2004 yeah, occasionally like i'll get a text message from ken i live in for those listening i'm normally in oklahoma and ken will text me and be like oh i'm gonna be in a random town outside of Tulsa. And I'm like, what the, f what are you doing down here? He's like, I'm looking at a lab. I'm like, all right, so we'll go to dinner yeah. or like when Ken comes to town and comes through and buying dogs and just like randomly. So we yeah. travel a lot. Yeah. It's uh, it, it's been good. You know what? I enjoy it, but we met a ton of great people. We've been doing the hits conferences is fantastic. I always promote it to people. I'm like, if you want to come and learn some stuff, there's um, we've been doing a booth at hits for, I think we only missed one year, you know, yeah. as far as I know, every year. So now have you done the whole gamut of importing, buying here and breeding? We've never gotten into breed. Well, actually, there's <laughs> a funny story. We tried the breeding thing once. We had a really nice shepherd and we thought this is when we first started and we were going to breed this dog. And it was actually um, one of the Vancouver City Police guys. I won't name him, mm. but uh, his dog We were was also an import. We were going to breed to this female. So she goes into heat and we've done the testing and stuff. Never bred a dog. And we put the two of them together, and it's just not happening. Mm -hmm. And Ken's calling a buddy who does breeding and going, you know, like, she's mounting him. You know, this is not working. Mm -hmm. He's, like, running away from her, and what do we do? And, and he says, well, get a crate or a hay bale or something, and you kind of hold her over the hay bale and bring him in and let him do his thing. And, we try, and after a while, it just wasn't happening. And Ken's like, this is just wrong. I'm not, and, I'm and, not doing that. <laughs> but the great part was we did get some really good pictures of the female mounting his patrol dog. And, of course, we sent those all around the van. Vancouver Police Canine Unit. Right. So, uh, but now, so the breeding, that was the end of our breeding. Uh, forget it. It's, it, it takes, uh, you know, there's a lot of work that goes into it. And I think most programs yeah. have found you can take the two perfect dogs and that you think are going to produce a litter and you get them in there and you maybe have one or two dogs out of a litter and you've got to raise them now to a, you know, to a year old or whatever. So it's just not cost effective. So we, you know, we have imported some, um, but I source dogs all over Canada and the U S yeah. um, I've gotten, you know, great dogs from gun dog kennels, um, from private homes, you know, people get the cute puppy and they think it's going to be great. And it's, it's like, it's an active hunting dog and they're right, living in yeah. an apartment <laughs> and suddenly they're going, crap, it's destroying my house. It's eating everything in sight. It's not a bad dog. It just needs to do something. You know, people are people are stupid. They yeah. buy cute puppies. So, 
What um, what breeds are you doing? We're doing uh, almost strictly floppier dogs. We will do some shepherds and mouse, but not dual purpose, just yeah. single purpose. If, if I don't keep them in the kennel, but if somebody wants them, you know, I'll bring them in. We've got plenty of places to get them. But the majority of our, I would say 90% of our dogs are Labradors. Um, we'll do Springer Spaniels. Uh, short hair pointers you know when you get a good one they're great but mm -hmm. not my favorite breed they're they're, they're 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 odd but he's they're... done a couple decent ones and then yeah. a couple that are the, the most success we've had is the ones that uh that one that we bred we bred a litter okay um and i raised them from i mean like six weeks old to be detection dogs yeah so um because i get people all the time that ask like how do you get the pointers to sit and i'm like well <laughs> about that so i mean <laughs> from a very early age they learn to sit and i don't allow them to, to deal with birds and because a lot of times because oklahoma and the central portion of the u.s where i'm at has a ton of hunting dogs we have a really a large population in this country of very 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 talented gun dog trainers yeah. the issue becomes the dogs that get washed out of that have already been on a hunt at least once they've already been on birds. So they yeah. get like, they already have this entire reward history of mm -hmm. some behaviors that we don't like as canine trainers. And so, um, the most success I've had with them is when they've been purposely bred or purposely raised for that program or the ones that are super hard mouth that tear birds up and stuff like I am like, yeah, I'll take it. You can chew on a tennis exactly. ball. Like, the chicken killers. I yeah. love it. Somebody I'll says to me, <laughs> they kill chickens. I mean, I'll take it. I'll take yeah. it. Yeah. It's, it's so yeah. we'll take him. Right. So yeah, I mean the pointers, I'm getting ready to import some right now. Before we started recording, we talked about, it seems like about every four to five years we go through a cycle of the floppier prices just going through yeah. this roof. And the last time it happened, was when the whole uh, cargo screening thing was supposedly mm -hmm. going to happen. And then everybody yeah. was starting to hoard dogs. And now, and then we had a glut and now prices have gone to the point where um, I'm importing like at the end of this month, I'll have six, I think floppy years coming in mm -hmm. from Europe that I'm getting cheaper from Europe with shipping than sourcing yeah. them domestically in the United yeah. States, which, and I suspect in two years, it'll be the exact opposite again. So the, the prices and demand have gone through the roof. And when yeah. we first started that, it wasn't really the intent. It just kind of, yeah. we fell into that. And like I said, demand has, has just gone crazy. But yeah, the pointers, when you get a good one, they're fantastic. I mean, I've had pointers, you have to choke off a Kong, Oh yeah. but you know, then you get other ones, like you say, especially if they're outside, Man, they they see see a bird or a butterfly and they're, they're gone. Like they're squirrely. They're yeah. just they, like, they run around and pee on everything. Oh, I can't stand them. Now, those pointer handlers listen to this episode. We're gonna get hate mail. Yeah. We but like it, pointers. We've had some great ones. Like I just them. find when I look at dogs, I can you know if I look at ten labs that I think are gonna have the qualities I want, I'll take a lot more labs maybe out of that ten. I probably have to look at ten pointers to take one. Yep. And the other issue is like you say with the gun dog people. Some of them have had so much e-collar or if they've been force fetched. I don't, we don't force fetch dogs. Obviously I want a dog that naturally, yep. you know, is crazy about that toy, whatever it is. Well, mm. you know, if he likes a squeaky, he likes a Kong, he likes a whatever. But I have had some, some labs that have had so much e-collar, their independence is gone. Yep. And, you know, we always say, okay, if he's got odor, I want him to follow that and just drag me to it instead of going out five feet, stop, look at me. What do you want me to do? Mm -hmm. You know, that's just, um, preparing them for those field trials and they start them so young. Yeah. I mean it like, you know, and we've had Pat Nolan on twice and mm. I mean, that's a great and, guy. and he's, yeah. And, but, and he's a ninja with an e-collar, but I mean, when you start them that young, they do. And of course, Pat has been able to break that and has those 
beautiful videos of them sending dogs out, you know, like over the curve of the earth. Mm -hmm. So he's figured it out. But a lot of times that's impossible. The earth is flat. True story. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, That being able to break that dependence on handler intervention, right. And then giving them to a new handler who won't get out of the fucking way all the time is one that just drives me insane. So then you compound that and it's, so it's the same problem. And we see that a lot too. So I, and that's the first thing I ask when I look at gun dogs that have have age, I'm like, how much e-collar work they had? And they're like, Oh, we've done this. And that's not look. Yeah. It's, it's pretty rare. I mean, we've had a few, I, I worked actually with a, a bird dog trainer. Um, He's in uh, just actually north of Oklahoma City. And uh, a few years ago, I bought a lab from him that had a bunch of bird dog training. And and again, that's I love watching those dogs do what they do, but it's not my forte. I don't the doubles and the singles and the right and left anyway. But this dog was so cool, this little chocolate male. I'm like, I'm going to buy this dog. And so I paid way more than I normally would for a dog. And I brought it home. And I thought Ken was going to kill me. And he's like, what did you do? What are we going to, we don't, you know, this is not our thing. We wasted a bunch of money. I'm like, well, I know, but watch him work. I mean, he was really, and he, he wasn't, you know, he, he had a lot of independence. That was probably one of the reasons yeah. that this dog didn't make it. But anyway, um, well, and they didn't have papers on him. So he couldn't trial. That was the big deal. Anyway, and Ken says, I don't know what we're going to do with him. And a week later, we had the special horses guys from the base down in Tacoma call us. And they said, hey, we need a dog for this new project that project project, I just, my Canadian came out, didn't it? I know. (laughs) I didn't say a though. Um, anyway, and they said, we need a dog that's got some, some bird dog training and, uh, you know, where can we go? Do you know anybody? And Ken's like, well, (laughs) as a matter of fact, and I was like, Oh, that saved my butt. Um, but anyway, they came out and the stuff they're doing with this dog, uh, I probably am not supposed to talk about, but it's, it's super cool. But yeah, Yeah. they're, they do all the directionals and that kind of thing. And it ended up, uh, they came back later once they've been training him for a year and showed us some of the stuff he was doing and just, cool. just the coolest dog. Yeah. But normally we, yeah, you gotta be careful of that. I, I and think then that. you get into trouble cause they're like, can we get another one? And you're like, Oh yeah, that was like, that was a one time <laughs> deal, you know? And again, I know people where we can send them and that's always the thing. If somebody comes to us for a dog and we don't have, you know, what you're looking for, you're looking for a patrol or, you know, there's plenty of people I know in the industry who have been doing it long enough that we'll send you to, you know, that I, I know are going to take care mm-hmm. of you. If I don't have what you want, hey, I'll, I'll help you find somebody that does. So so I got one more question and we'll yeah. wrap it up. I know sure. you guys, Pacific Coast Canine does uh, handler schools, full training, mm-hmm. trainers courses, mm-hmm. the whole thing. When you get to a certain size, uh, it's like a necessary evil to some people. How do you guys fall on selling green dogs? As far as? As far as like a department with their own trainer comes in, just wants to buy a green dog. I know some are like, I don't do it anymore because they're ruining the dog. Some are like, I have to because that's, I make money doing it because I was selling green dogs to larger agencies and fully trained and whatever. There's the, the profit margin is low, but. It's, it's it's hard to say game. no. It's hard to it's say hard, no on yeah. a sale. You obviously do better when you do a class with it, and and like we were talking before this, you know, about some of these wanting like two and even there was a company a few years ago that again I won't mention that was offering a five year guarantee, and I'm like that's ridiculous. I mean, we all know that uh, that a handler can destroy a dog in in a short period of time, you know, Mm. if they're doing stupid things. Um, And it's hard once they, even if you do a training class, once they leave, you know, you and go back to bad habits or whatever, Mm. you know, there's, um, that can be a problem. But so no, we do sell green dogs. We've been doing that for years. 
Um, the thing for us, it's, it's been very successful. I would say a, a majority is actually of our business is selling green dogs. Oh, wow. um, okay. But we also do them started. Um, we do fully trained, like you said, with a, with a handler class. Um, plenty of the agencies like Washington State Patrol is one we've had for years that, you know, they have their own unit, their own trainers and they're close to us. They come up, if they've got a class and they need five dogs for this class, they'll probably come and take seven or eight. And then we'll get a couple of back once they, once they decide which ones they want to keep. Mm -hmm. Um, but the good part for us too, is we have so many different clients. So I've got everything from say customs where they're searching people in airports and they want a taller dog that'll do, you know, that's super environmentally stable to a little podunk Oregon police department that's just searching a few cars on the side of the road. And maybe that highest drive dog that I've got isn't going to tolerate that lower work level. I mean, yeah. so, so usually we can, you know, um, everybody wants something different, which for us is good. So we can usually um, place most of the dogs. Obviously it's, you know, it's yeah. an art, not a science type thing. It's a, um, so we end up with a few that don't make it, but I think our initial testing and screening, which I do a lot of, um, you know, Ken's doing more of the classes and stuff. I do a lot of traveling, but, but no, we've been pretty successful with that. That's but, cool. But you, at the odd time, sure, you get one back that you're like, what have you done to this dog? Yeah, and yeah. I mean, it's, Why did he hit four legs when he left here? What the hell happened? Yeah. Why yeah. are you in a wheelchair? Oh, yeah. Uh, we, yeah, and we've had people want to, you know, oh, but you guaranteed it. And it's like, you know, I'll, I'll be very fair. We've replaced dogs that we probably didn't have to. I but have we've to, also yeah. had departments oh, injure a dog and come back and go, well, we, you know, yeah, it's an injury, but, you know, we can't afford two months of downtime for it to recover. So we just want a new dog. Well, no, that's, that's not right. how it works. No, so, no, no. Yeah. so if, if somebody wants to get a hold of you to either maybe get a dog, get a class mm -hmm. or even say, Hey, I got dogs. Maybe you should come look at how do they get a hold of you guys? Where's the best way? Um, best, you know, usually by phone, you can get us through email. Um, you know, Pacific coast canine Ken's number is the main number on there, but they can always get a hold of me too. Um, yeah, just what give about us social media call. stuff. We, yeah, we do social media. I'm, I'm honestly a terrible Facebooker. I, I keep it. We have a Facebook page. Um, you know, you can reach out to us through yeah. that for sure. But usually just a call or a text is the easiest. Yeah, if, if the so. administrator is a little bit older, he's going to use email or, excuse me, your website. Yeah. If they're a little bit younger, they'll jump on social oh, media, sure. I find. Yeah, yeah and so. happy to p provide people references. We sell – a lot of people will say, oh, well, you're on the West Coast, so, you know, it's too far. Mm -hmm. You know, we have to get a dog over here. And I usually tell people I can probably do it at a better price than some of your guys on the East Coast can. You know, we ship dogs all across the U.S. and Canada. It's not and a that's problem. That's great. Yeah. That's cool. Okay. Well, really glad we got to trick you into coming down here, man. It <laughs> yeah. was good. Well, thanks for having me on. And I, I appreciate you guys, you know, focusing some more on some female handlers because yeah. I think it is, it's, it's tougher in law enforcement and it's tougher in canine. You know, there's, yeah. there's a lot of egos in this business and, you know, but Ken's always said, he's some of my favorite handlers. He said, I love training female handlers because, yeah. you know, they're, they're open to learning. And, Pretty moldable. A lot yeah. Of them, and you know what? There's a lot of great habits. handlers out there. And so, yeah. Happy cool. To Pacific Coast canine, uh, com, right? Pacific Coast canine.com. Yeah. Letter, letter, letter K number nine. Pacific cool. Coast letter K number nine. Yeah. All right. Well, I appreciate it. Thank, Thank you. you for having me. All right. Thank we'll you. See ya. It's no secret that I love my ALM suit from Arnaud out at ALM canine equipment in sunny Las Vegas, Nevada. I've had that thing forever. Eric affectionately refers to it as my Carhartt suit because it's so thin. <laughs> uh, I've had multiple sleeves put back on it, send it back to Arno. He fixes me up every single time. The fit and finish is top notch and it fits me like a glove. I refuse to go anywhere without it. I work sport dogs and PSA without it. I just did a trial in California wore that thing. I work police dogs pretty much every day of the week. And then I will use it for personal protection dogs as well. So hit ALM canine equipment up on Instagram and Facebook and then go to ALM. M 
K9, letter K number nine, equipment.com and use the discount code WD radio for 10% off of your first order. And this is completely custom. So made to measure, pick your colors, whatever you want to do. Arno will work with you. You can make it as thin or as thick as you want, but hit them up. AOM canine equipment. Ever dreamed of having your own kennel, but don't know where to start? Horizon Structures has taken all of the guesswork out of building a kennel. Everything is pre-built to your specifications and preferences and then assembled and dropped off on your land. Boom, new kennel. Hooked up to your electric, hooked up to your water, put dogs in it that day. And those things are amazing. You've got to see them to truly believe them. Get on the website, horizonstructures.com. You can custom build. You can buy one that's already built. Go off of their design. Come up with your own design. They'll work with you. Uh, they always are running discounts on the website with ready-to-go kennels. The kennels are already ready to go. There's always discounts. Horizonstructures.com. Check them out. You got your reasons. I got my wants. Still got that feeling, but I'm too old to die young now. Working Dog Radio was graciously granted permission to use this music by Brother Deeg. Be sure to check him out at brotherdeeg.blogspot.com. That's spelled brother, D-E-G-E, dot blogspot.com. Be sure to buy him a beer at Amazon, iTunes, or CD Baby, or anywhere you stream your music. Working Dog Radio was edited and co-produced by Alicia Brandt.